Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Greetings, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benton, founder and publisher of The Three Tomatoes, and I'm your host today. Have you resolved that this is the year that you're going to get yourself into better shape and better health? Well, our guest today is going to motivate all of us to do just that. Joan Pagano is the owner of Joe Pagano Fitness in New York City. She's specialized in strength training for women since 1988, training, teaching, and writing books on the subject. And as a natural segue, she developed an expertise in coaching women on the best exercises to enhance their bone health. She's a leading authority on exercise programs designed for osteoporosis. And by the way, she was the former trainer to Jacqueline and Caroline Kennedy. She's also a longtime contributor to the Three Tomatoes website. And we recently published her fabulous 10-part series on the best exercises for osteoporosis prevention. So welcome, Joan. Thank you, Cheryl. Absolutely my pleasure to be here with you and all the tomato listeners. Well, I'm so excited to have you here because I think I'm being very selfish with this podcast because I need some motivation (laughs) right now. So hopefully you'll help me and everyone else listening out there. So first again, I really want to congratulate you on the 10-part series on osteoporosis. It was one of our uh, most read post of all of last year. And uh, we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about how our exercise needs change as we start to get older. And I know you talk about that a lot, and you talk about that from your personal standpoint, too. And I don't usually shout out people's age, (laughs) but you actually post yours on your website. So you talk about how now that you're in your 70s, how you change your exercise from when you're in your 60s so that we really think about managing the aging process with exercise. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And I don't mind sharing my age because I am a Capricorn. So I'm about to have yet another birthday coming up next week. I will be 76. And I believe that we must take charge of the aging process meaning do the best possible things that we can for our bodies as we are getting older. The the exercise intensities and types of exercise change throughout our lives, depending on whether we're healthy, whether we're injured, whether we're ill, whether we're pregnant, whether we're menopausal, whether we're postmenopausal. A woman's life is a series of transitions. And all of these required kind of tuning into what is the most necessary at that time. As we are getting older, my tagline is aging gracefully takes muscle. 
because we need to stay strong to be self-sufficient, to be independent, to be able to take care of ourselves, to be active. Strength training becomes primary as we get older and it's never too late to start. So keeping our muscles strong will also complement the bones because when you work your muscle, there is a complementary pull on the bone that causes what we call a, a parallel hypertrophy of muscle and bone. So, I mean, you can't lose if you do some strength training as you're getting older. You also need to warm up before your sessions. So you loosen up, limber up a little bit, do some light cardio, and you need to protect your joints. So we never recommend doing anything that would harm your joints. And many of us already have problems from arthritis or other conditions that could, could cause joint limitations. So the important thing is to, to, to be as effortful as possible in your exercise while listening to your body and using the wisdom of your body when you should not push so hard. Well, that is all great advice. And I have to, people are just listening to you right now, but if you can see Joe, which you can at our website, because we have a lot of videos of her um, showing us different ways to exercise, but you're, you are a walking billboard for all of this and how to look great as you age, because you look, it's not just looking great, it's looking vibrant and looking healthy, which you certainly do. <laughs> so now I want to get over to the bone health thing, because your 10-part series was so illuminating to so many of us. I mean, we we all know, we've read about osteoporosis, we've heard, read about bone health, but I think a lot of us don't really think about it until usually something happens. You know, we fall, we break something. And um, your series was so important in terms of addressing the risk factors, why it's important to get screening, how how to what some of the early signs are that you might be suffering suffering from bone loss and really importantly is the whole balance and fall prevention thing i think we all as we get older we so worry about that falling and breaking a hip or something you know i know in the last you know five or six years i've had well one was a skiing accident but then i had a trip on a sidewalk and you know broke a wrist which i don't think would have happened a few years ago so can you talk about, it's such a big area and everyone needs to read all 10 of these series, but can you highlight what are some of the really important things we should know and think about for our bone health? Absolutely. And thank you so much, Cheryl, for all the support that you've given this series and for your interest in the area of improving bone health among women of our age. Being a woman of advanced age are actually two of the primary risk factors for developing osteoporosis. So most of us are at risk of a silent disease, which we don't really have any symptoms of unless you lose a significant amount of height. That is one clinical marker that you may have osteoporosis. If you develop a forward curvature of your spine, that's another indication you may have some fractured vertebrae. If you have pain across your mid-back, that could be another clinical marker. Also, if you fall and fracture a bone, you're likely to fracture another bone. And that first fracture could come from a minimal accident or from a car accident. It could be any kind of a bone fracture 
is a risk factor for another one and the fact that you might have fragile bones. That's new information that's coming out. So you're absolutely correct. You gave such a great synopsis of the essence of these 10 articles. And the bottom line is to prevent falls and prevent fractures. So we do need to focus on posture because if as we're getting older, we are starting to round forward slightly, you may throw off your center of gravity. You may get going with some momentum and not be able to stop. So posture becomes very important. Balance training, being aware of the Asymmetries in your body as far as which side is more stable, stronger and more stable, which side is weaker and, and trying to balance those out as well as to balance your whole body against um, tripping or falling. Um, so yes, fall prevention, balance, core stability, core strength is another very important aspect of staying tall and staying strong, any kind of core strength translates to other strength throughout your body. If you have a stronger core, the rest of the quality of your movements will be better. Well, that's, that's all great advice. And everyone out there listening to, if you go and look at these series and there's so many videos. And what I love about your videos too is how really practical they are. Like I know you have one that is so great for helping with your balance. And that's just while you're brushing your teeth, right? Right. That's, that's a very basic one. Yeah. One of my favorite ones in the balance exercises, we show, I show a uh, standing on one leg, of course, and I show something called a tandem gait or a tightrope walk. But my favorite one is the one where you take a step, raise your knee, and then bring that foot down and take another step. So in between every step you're raising, you're alternating raising a knee. I love this because it will help you prevent yourself from falling if, for instance, this happens all the time in New York City, you're on the sidewalk and a person in front of you is walking a dog and the dog is on a leash and it strays in front of you and suddenly, you have to stop or you're going to trip over this leash. That happens all the time. As well as somebody on the sidewalk who stops to look at their phone as you're walking behind them. Now you've got some momentum going and you don't want to run into them or stumble or fall. So this one exercise where you take a step and raise your leg trains you to balance on one foot while, while you're moving, basically. So I, I love those exercises. Yeah, I, I love that too. And it's so important for women to understand that. I have a friend who uh, trips a lot, really. And she's had different incidences. And I've said to her, "It's I think it's your balance. I think you need to work on your balance. Oh, no, my balance is fine. I just tripped on something. But you know, she doesn't understand that if her balance was better, if she did those two examples you just gave, she probably would have been able to write herself and avoid that trip. And I think that, sometimes we don't equate the two. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Um, you could recover from a stumble or change direction or stop yourself from falling if your reaction time is quicker. But the other thing you, you raise with this uh, woman, <laughs> which I find interesting, is that 
we need to learn to pick up our forefoot. When you walk, there is a natural footfall where you start on your heel and you roll through to the forefoot. Then you have to pick up your forefoot as you take another step and do the heel strike and roll through. If you don't pick up your forefoot as you're taking a step, you're more likely to trip and fall. There's a very simple exercise that you can do where you are just simply lifting your forefeet off the floor. That strengthens the muscle in the front of the shin to help you do that movement. And that muscle, it's called the anterior tibialis, is the first muscle in the body to start losing strength after about the age of 40. So that is a really important underserved muscle that people don't even think about. Wow, that is great advice. And I never heard of that muscle. So that's a very good thing to know right now. And I'm going to make sure my friend listens to this. Um, so anyway, as I said, there's so much more on this topic. And we don't have time today to talk about all of it. But they can they can read this series at, at, at your website and our website and get all these great videos, too. So now, because we are into a new year, and I know lots of us, including me, we've resolved to get more fit and healthier this year, but it can sometimes feel really daunting and overwhelming. And then we can come up with all these excuses like mine today was, it's very cold in New York right now. <laughs> and I don't want to be freezing cold. So I'm not going for my walk today. You know, that's kind of the kind of things my brain does. And I think a lot of us do, but, but certainly we know that making the time to exercise, and especially for people like me who work at a computer all day long and getting up out of our chair and movement, how important that all is, but you have, and I really love this advice. You have, you call them the 12 fitness rules to live by. And I think they're so good and motivating. And I know you start, the first one I love, which is the best exercise is the one that you'll do. So talk about that a little bit. And then let's sure. talk, talk about some of the others because they're all terrific and great. Advice. Sure. These are some of the, the fitness rules that I have learned from being in the field for more than 30 years. And I have learned so much from my clients, from training people, what they have shared with me, from exercise science, from my own efforts to develop a lifelong habit of exercise. So these are like really basic things that I've observed. One, one of which, as you say, is the best, best exercise is the one that you will do because not everybody can follow all the guidelines. The guidelines may be daunting if you are just starting an exercise program. 10,000 steps a day, which by the way, is not even based in science, but we'll get into that later. Or 30 minutes of cardio five days a week, I can't do that. Or I have clients who have chronic conditions who cannot, who cannot possibly perform at that level but they can do something and they can improve. And every bit that you improve makes you stronger and healthier. So wherever you are, you can start right there. You could, there are exercises. I try to make it as easy as possible for people to start moving, moving not only for full body movement like cardio activity, walking or other activities, but um, strength training as well. I really try to break it down and make it as manageable as possible. It does not need to be daunting. We can meet you where you are in terms of developing an exercise program. And I think that's so important. Well, and, and walking, I think, is a relatively easy thing for most of us to do. 
uh, to just go get out and walk. And do you consider that aerobic or is that enough if you just start oh, walking every day? Or good a few point. Days a week? Very good point. All right, let's start at the basics. Let's say you're not doing anything. All right, getting up and walking around your living room, counting steps up to 4,000 steps a day have been found to be beneficial for increasing your longevity. All right, so that's one thing. Going out for a walk for half an hour, five days a week, like the national guidelines suggest, is another option or something, a goal to reach for. However, once you're there, once you're up off the couch and you're moving, is that really enough? No, not really. It's enough to reduce a sedentary person's risk of developing a chronic disease. In other words, it's the minimum. It is truly the minimum. And I don't want to say that to, to demotivate anybody who might want to do a walking program, because walking is a very healthful activity, and especially to be outside and to be in nature. I love it myself. But once you've achieved your 30 minutes, you can start, by the way, by doing 10 or 15 minutes segments. You don't have to do it all at once. But let's say you've, you're now you're at the point where you can walk for 30 minutes. But now let's talk about adding intervals of faster pace. So we want exercise to be effortful, if possible. So for instance, as opposed to doing a 30-minute walk at a continuous pace, if you break it up into three minutes of moderate pace and three minutes of faster pace. That's a six minute interval. And you repeat that five times so that you have your 30 minutes, but half of that time has been more effortful. You've walked faster or you've walked upstairs or inclines, you've jogged if possible. You have to find a way to make exercise effortful once you're at the point where you're able to increase the intensity. But to begin, and I know this is one of our one on our list, the um, consistency is more important than the intensity. So, Definitely. So it would be better to if you could walk five days a week. <laughs> right. Than first occasionally first. doing a burst of intervals. <laughs> right. So first let's get the routine down. Let's make the habit happen. Get in the habit of movement. That's the most important thing initially. And then once you've been doing that, if that's all you ever do, you're not going to really improve because you're not overloading the physiological systems, your heart and lungs and bones and muscles. You're not overloading them enough to improve. So that's why then, then we take you to a little bit higher level. So then what would you do? I know you're, 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 you talk about strength training a lot and how that's so important. And a lot of women think about, oh, I have to go to a gym to do this, and that's an effort, or I don't want to go to a gym, <laughs> right? But I know that you've said that you don't need very much. You can get stuff at home, and it doesn't require a lot, right, to actually do strength training at home? Yeah, my whole background is in at-home strength training. I started out working on people's living room and bedroom floors with minimal equipment. It's the way I was personally trained in the field. So it gives you a certain uh, freedom. For instance, on a very cold day, you could do your indoor workout. And the indoor workout can be more muscle building. It can be the strength training. And you can focus on balance and posture at the same time. 
And I break it down into very, very simple exercises. In fact, on my website, joanpaganofitness.com, if you sign up for the fitness refresh program, you get 10 free little videos of vignettes of exercises that you can do around your house or apartment, starting with limbering exercises on the side of your bed in the morning. Then we move into the kitchen and there are four or five exercises that you can do while you're waiting for your coffee or tea or a microwave. Then we go into the home office and exercises that you can do at your desk. And we finish up with stretches end of the day couch stretches while you're watching. So the idea is to learn to incorporate more fitness into your day to day. So just finding those opportunities to move that all adds up. Well, I really like that because that makes it so much easier for a lot of us to sort of change our mindset a bit about that and say, you know, there are little things we could do in little breaks during the day that will help to add up. So I love that. So what else, what else could we be doing? Um, well, you want to become a more active person. That's the idea. You want to find opportunities during the day so that you become, you develop a more active lifestyle. That's what we're aiming for. So frequency is more important than duration, meaning the number time, number of times that you choose to move throughout the day is more important than how long you move for. So find opportunities, think activity instead of workout. Can you take the stairs? Can you bend and lift when you're doing your laundry and use your lower, lower body muscles to do proper squats? Can you do hip hinges, bending forward from the hip, which is a fabulous exercise and a basic one, especially as we're getting older and protecting our bones. You want to move with the torso in alignment, a hip hinge where you're bending forward with your back aligned, moving from the hip is a great exercise. And it's something that you can do while you're brushing your teeth or standing at the kitchen counter doing dishes. So learning, learning um, movement and types of activities that will just make you, give you a more active lifestyle, build that habit of exercise. Well, that is great. This has all been really such terrific information. So what are your health and wellness goals for this year? Ah, good question. Ah, um, well, I want to continue doing everything I'm doing, which is running, swimming, yoga, and weight training. However, I have also decided to experiment with a new program for bone health because I have been studying bone health and there is all kinds of new information coming out about how to stimulate the bones. So I've been very curious about what some of the new studies have shown. And although they not, have not been reviewed for safety for the general population, I'm curious about them myself. So I signed up for one of these programs where you actually go to a location, a, a clinic like, and you do certain kinds of strength training that I'm not doing at the moment. So I think for, for people, I think, I think it's important to find things to motivate you. That was motivating to me because it's different from all the things I normally do. And that's all great. Everything I do is great. I'm happy about it. I'm happy you also mentioned we all want to look good. So staying active will also help our appearance and being standing tall with our posture will help our appearance and being balanced and taking a nice long stride when you're walking. All of those things help with our appearance too. 
But um, I wanted to try something different. And I think the important thing is to stay motivated, find something that you want to move towards. And that, that could be a goal, that could be a simple goal. That could be, well, I'll give you an example from a client who wanted, she was a grandmother, uh, this is years ago, and her grandson was coming to visit her for the summer and she lived three or four blocks from the beach and she could not walk to the beach without getting breathless. So she wanted to be able to build her cardio so she could walk to the beach with her grandson when he came. Things like that are very motivating. Maybe you just want to be able to get down to and up from the floor so that you can play with your grandchildren. Maybe you want to be stronger in the kitchen so that you can lift a roasting pan out of the oven or take heavy bowls, ceramic bowls out of a, a shelf above your head. Maybe you want bigger goals. Maybe you want to have fitness, fitness benchmarks that you want to meet. Um, I don't recommend making weight loss a major priority because if you have other motivational agendas, your weight will come off. If you want to become fit and healthy and strong and have stamina, as you're working to do those things, the weight will come off. So I prefer to think of it as becoming healthier and stronger. That's a, that's a great tip. And I think that's so much more important than having as your first goal that I want to lose weight because getting fit and healthy, as you said, is so much more long-term and it, then it probably will help all the weight come off too that you're hoping to lose. And just one last point on this too is travel because we will start traveling again. But, you know, if you really want to travel and see the world, you have to have a certain level of fitness to do that. In fact, I know some um, women's groups that travel together and they'll actually rate the trips on the people's fitness levels, you know, that you have to be able to walk so much or be able to climb. Um, so I, I think if if we start thinking more, what I love hearing you say is you, if you start thinking more too in terms of what are the goals? What are the things that I want to be able to do that maybe you're not, you know, like walking with my grandkid or, you know, taking this trip that I want to do, you know, that becomes, I think, a motivating incentive for a lot of people. That's a uh, great point. That's a great point. And I'm actually training somebody right now remotely who wants to do the El Camino walk in Spain. Is that, am I saying yes, that right? Yes, yeah. pilgrimage. And she lives in California and already is doing hiking, but she wanted to get stronger for her hike, the big hike. So yeah, having a goal like that is a great goal. Well, as usual, you're always inspiring. You're always so informative. We always learn from you and you always motivate us. So I'm definitely <laughs> feeling more motivated today. <laughs> and I'll probably oh, even great. go for a walk in a little bit too. Outside of the cold. So anyway. Bundle up. Bundle up. <laughs> I will. So thank you so, thank you so much. And again, you can learn a lot more about Joan at her website. It's joanpaganofitness.com. You'll find her blogs. You'll find her fabulous exercise videos and so much more. And you can also find a lot of her advice at the Three Tomatoes because she has a column that's been appearing for several years now. So thank you so much and have a great year ahead. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. Happy New Year. You too.